0: Welcome to the Sunday Message, Sunday the 27th, November 2022. Let's begin this message by reading from the Word. I'm going to read Mark chapter 9, and I'm going to read from verse 14 to 29. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them, and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed, and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son, who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Yeshua said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Yeshua saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the Spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, He is dead. But Yeshua took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Bless it to us today. We pray. May we be enlightened. May we be empowered. May your spirit give us understanding, the spirit of understanding, that we might grasp these things. And we pray that no spirit would stop, or any force would stop this word from reaching the hearts and minds of those within the sound of my voice, and that your word will achieve that for which it was sent, in the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Praise God. Well, the title of this message is Why Faith? Why Faith? We come across this situation where the Lord comes into what is obviously a tragic setup. His father is totally traumatized. His son has suffered from epileptic fits, we'd call them, I suppose, for years growing up, putting obviously great stress on the family. Imagine having a child that at any stage, day or night, could be thrown into a fire or drowned in water. How traumatizing. You have to be on your toes 24-7. It must be extremely tiring and extremely demanding as a parent or parents. Anyway, he brings the child along, and the disciples do their best, but they're unable to cast out this evil spirit. They did recognize in that day and age, by the way, that it was an evil spirit. Anyway, they bring him to the Lord, and as the story goes, the demon is cast out. But before the demon is cast out, there's a very interesting interchange that the Lord has with the Father. You see, we would have thought that gentle Jesus, meek and mild, filled with compassion, would have cast the demon out immediately. Got the job done, so to speak. But he didn't. We need to ask ourselves why. The first thing he does, surprisingly, is he rebukes, we assume, the disciple, A faithless generation, how long must I be with you? In other words, translated into simple English, he fully expected them to be able to do it. If we recall, there was a time when he sent them out two by two, they cast out demons, came back elated, overjoyed, and saying, even the demons are subject to us. So you see, on this occasion, What they had tried in the past didn't work. That's a lesson for you and I, just there. Sometimes what we've been doing in the past might not work. Doesn't mean the whole system doesn't work. Just means we have to learn something new. But anyway, the child is brought to Yeshua. He casts the demon out. But before he does that, he rebukes the disciples because of their lack of faith. And then he has this discussion with the father. He finds out the details. And the Father cries out and says, But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now the question is, did the Lord have compassion? There's no doubt that he did. I like to put it this way. The Lord didn't have compassion. He was compassion. God so loved that he sent. Christ came because of love, took him to the cross. There's no doubt in my mind that he had compassion. You see? But for some reason it seems that just compassion alone wasn't enough. Because the very next thing the Lord says to him, if he can believe. You see that? If he can believe. What he's saying is the compassion is there, but there's something else needed in the situation. I must have you believe. And then he goes on to say, all things are possible to him who believes. Do you see that? If you believe, this thing could happen, irrespective of my compassion, to a certain extent, you see. Now, what the Father says is indicative of many of us as children of God. He cries out and says with tears, Lord, I believe. To his mind, he believed. As far as he could see, he believed. However, there's something else he adds which just shows perhaps misunderstanding. He says, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. It's quite understandable that this man If he had any faith, it was severely challenged. To have had that situation in your home for as long as the child has been alive, right there, anybody's faith would have been challenged in God's ability, in God's goodness, or even in God himself. But he hears about Christ and he does what everybody else has done and he takes him to this organization and gets met, as it were, by the first tier of the structure. The disciples do their best, but they can't do it. There's an implication that they tried very hard to get this job done. So can you imagine, the man's done what he can, and it still hasn't worked. All right? but fortunately he persists, and he gets to Christ himself. But you can understand why, when asked, do you believe, he so easily says, already, oh, yes I do believe, but, but, in other words, I want to believe, but I'm battling. You see, I'm battling. Now, many Christians, when you ask them, in a situation where there's sickness or some other issue, you see, the average Christian very often will say, yes, I know God can do it. But the moment they say things like that, what do you detect? They don't really believe it. Very often, and this is a mistake so many Christians make, and it's because perhaps we haven't been properly taught. They are facing a life-threatening sickness in the family, and when you talk to them about it, they'll say something like this. Well, we've left it to God. If he heals the person... That'll be great. If he he does it, that's fine. But we've left it in his hands. Now, you see, that sounds very spiritual. But it's not really. It's not really. You see, this man said to the Lord, if you can do it. The Lord didn't say, oh, well, let me think about it. Let me ask the Father. No, he didn't say that. He said, of course I want to do it. The issue is not what I want to do. The issue is, can you trust me to do it, you see? That's the big issue. And very often if a person says, well, we trust in God, it's not very long after that that you hear that the person passed away. You see? And that leaves the big question. Well, did God not want to do it? You see? And that thinking is what destroys faith. And I know people that were very good Christians at one stage, grew up in the Lord, were taught faith even, maybe got a bit sidetracked, and then a tragedy comes their way. The mother dies of lung cancer. It's an actual situation. And the son becomes a hardened atheist. And I spoke to him, and he said, Well, you know, if God really was there, and he loved people, My mother drowning in her own body fluids, as it were, is not a good way to show it. That was his thinking. You see? So often this happens. People lose their faith, and the enemy runs to the bank with a big laugh all over his face. You see, there's this misunderstanding. For whatever reason, God demands faith. In any situation, for him to operate he must have faith now we've got to understand something god when he formed the earth created a whole lot of systems he is if you can put it this way a systematic god he put in place a whole variety of systems and you see the truth of the matter is that for you and i to have success in every area of life we need to Understand the system. The Bible speaks about understanding. That's not a vague philosophical term, and it's not a term that refers to great intellectual knowledge. It does affect the mind, very much so, but it's an understanding whereby we recognize what the system is that is in place, we recognize it, and we work with it then it'll work for us. Gravity is the obvious example. Gravity is there. Why, how, nobody really can tell you, but it's there. It's a fact. You can get gravity to work for you, but if you're ignorant of it and you jump off a high cliff, you'll soon find out that it exists. You can't change it. God put it in place. You see? That's a physical law. The same applies to spiritual laws. Christians, we've got to grasp this. And one of these laws is faith. For whatever reason, God has placed in the world a system, a spiritual system of faith. That's why he said to this man, if you can believe, it will happen. It's a law, you see. And God cannot break his law. Now, the big question, children of God, is why? The question is why? Why did God institute the system of faith? Let me ask another question. Can we ask that question? Does God want us to find out? Are we supposed to just think, oh, well, it's there, and you see, as a child, so be it. Well, I believe that we can. You see, if we have... Knowledge, it empowers us. It helps us to better understand the heart of God. It's so easy to just say, if God wills, so be it. The problem with that thinking is that when he doesn't, we're left with big questions that can destroy our faith and has destroyed the faith of many, as I've explained. So the question is, why did God institute a system of faith for him to operate on the earth? I think the answer lies to a large extent, and please, there might be many more answers. I'm sure there are. The mind of God is very deep, obviously. We never come to the end of it. But a lot of it has to do with your and my will. That's the most precious gift that we've been given, you see. And in any situation, God expects us to use that gift. If He in any way overrides that choice, that freedom that we have, he actually undermines us as human beings. We become turned into robots. We think of the whole question of salvation. You see, God so loved that he died for the whole world. We know that. And yet not everybody is going to be saved. No. We have to do something, you see. God expects of us something. We have to do our part. That's what gives us freedom. If he didn't give us a choice, then we wouldn't be alive. We'd be mere robots. Because we have that choice, we become essentially alive being. And we've got to grasp that that will extends beyond just getting saved. You and I can determine our destiny by our will. And you see, if God is operated on the basis of love, then you'd be obliged to heal everybody. Does he want everybody healed? Of course he does. But please, we've got to grasp something here. There's another agency involved. And if you think about it, if God was moved only by compassion. Only by compassion, Note: He is moved by compassion. But if compassion was the trigger, that would actually place him in a very vulnerable position. You see, the God of this world, the one who loves sickness, death, and pain, would be able to manipulate God, which is very often the question people ask. Why is there sickness on the earth, etc.? But you see, if the system demanded that God operated because of compassion, all the devil would have to do is to put pain on somebody and God would be obliged to jump around. Can you see that? If the devil can command God, because of his compassion to act. In a sense, he has control over God. And God can't allow that. So I hope you see that this is a very deep thing, but it's not that difficult to understand. Our responsibility is to accept that that's the system that God wants us to operate in. And if we want to have success and to live the kind of life he wants us to live, we need to embrace the system and work with it. Just to illustrate this understanding working for us, I'd like to share a testimony that was shared by our brother Keith Moore, a very, very good teacher. He used to be deeply involved with the healing school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Raymond Bible College. And he said this one lady, young lady, came into the healing school totally riddled with cancer. The medical profession had given her up for dead, literally. And she was very, very ill when she came to the Institute. Anyway, she attended the services regularly. She attended every single class that she possibly could. And over a period of time, that condition miraculously totally evaporated, disappeared, and she was declared totally well. So from a life-threatening condition given, I think, one or two months to live, this woman was restored 100%. And her testimony was that she filled herself so much With the word of God, that the cancer couldn't find any place in her body. Isn't that wonderful? The cancer couldn't find any place in her body. Can you see? Quite literally, all things are possible to her who believed. How did she believe? Well, you see, we need to understand the difference between belief and faith. The Bible says faith comes from hearing. That man who said to the Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. If we understand it correctly, you see, faith is the substance. The substance that enables us to believe. You see, what happened with this woman is by being exposed day and night to the word of God, to the word of God, her faith grew and grew and grew to the place where she could do nothing else but believe. You see? And simply because of that belief in her heart, God himself was able to remove every single trace of cancer. Now, can I just say that that same system is available to you and I, wherever we may be? It does help to have an environment of like-minded people. And I'd like to suggest if you're in a critical condition, you must seek out like-minded people. It's critically important. But you and I have not got the time for anything else in that condition but to fill ourselves with God's Word so that faith can grow in us, you see, and that faith can produce this ability to really really believe if we understand that in any situation that we get into we won't say things like well if god wants to we'll know god does want to but i have to do my part and my part is to do everything i possibly can to build my faith Kenneth Hagen shares that when he was on, as he calls it, the bed of affliction, as a young man, he was bedridden. Many people came to him and said, don't you want to read some comics or something just to keep yourself busy during the days where you just have to lie there? And he said to them these words, I haven't got time for comics. I haven't got time for comics. I haven't got time for light entertainment. He only had time for the Word, you see, for the Bible. He realized his only hope was the Word of God. And bless God, it helped him. He lived to the ripe old age of 87, changed the world with his life. Amen? So I'm encouraging you and I to get our thinking straight. Whatever affliction we face, be it financial, physical, emotional, whatever, let the words of the Lord Yeshua ring in our ears. All things are possible to him who believes. But don't think like that man, well, I can't believe, you'll have to help me. Let's be honest, maybe I don't believe. Maybe I'm battling to believe. It's quite acceptable, understandable, nothing to be ashamed of. However, if we understand the system, the bit of faith that we do have can grow. It's possible for it to grow, to develop. But it must be fed. It's got to be fed constantly with the right information. And if we are prepared to do that, the Word of God stands firm. That faith growing in us will empower us to really believe and the moment we really believe almighty god is able to do and to fulfill everything that he has promised may you be blessed in the wonderful name of Yeshua. amen